be seated. Uh, I guess the cold stuff won't be here for a couple of days. <laughs> Had a golf commercial years ago where they'd play it when the golf tournaments were on television and there was a massive rainstorm and these two guys are sitting out in front of the pro shop and the rain is just plummeting and and one guy says to the other, he says, well, he says, I guess the heavy stuff won't be here for a couple hours yet. So the heavy stuff won't be here until, what, tonight, or the cold stuff will get here tonight and tomorrow. But it's warm in the house of God, so you get a couple of triple gold stars for coming out today. Hey, uh, um, the class that we're going to have uh, in February... On Sunday mornings, I'm going to be teaching that. It's going to be for the. Uh, we're going to talk about the basics of Christianity and the Bible. And it's for people who just don't, you know, don't know a whole lot about the the Bible and Christianity. We're just going to look at the ABCs. And you know, uh, so if you don't know much about the Bible, you can come and get in on that. But we'll have a good time. Uh, what is it from eight? What time? Eight thirty to nine fifteen. I'll be doing that. And we'll be meeting in the nursery, so that'll be a good place to have that class, right? The ABCs. Of... But, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, anybody ever hear of Jack Nicklaus, the great golfer? You know how he started every season? He would get with his teacher. This was even after he had won many major golf tournaments and was considered the greatest golfer of all time. You know what he, how he'd start every season? He'd get with his coach. And they would go over. Now, believe this or not, but it's really true. They would. He would. He tell his coach, "Now, just pretend I don't know anything about golf, and teach me the basics." And so every year, Jack Nicklaus would start the season with learning the grip again, the stance, the alignment. The, the, you know, and and that's I think one of the reasons he be, was known as the greatest golfer. He would go back to the basics every. At the start of every season. And so this class I'm going to be teaching is for people who don't know much about the Bible or Christianity. And it's for people that would like to brush up or maybe you've been saved a long time and you just like to get back and learn some things about the basics like, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, they're not a rock band out of uh, Britain. You know, that was uh, Ringo, Paul, John, and... George, okay, so, you know, but, you know, this, like, 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 who wrote the first five books of the Bible? Does anybody know? Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and, you know, just, just things like that, just some simple things, um, you know, who wrote, let's see, Bonnie, who wrote two half to two-thirds of the New Testament? Paul, okay. And if you look at it, if it looked at it book by book, it's who? It's Paul wrote half, you know, another half, right? <laughs> Everybody else. But if you look at the lengths of the books, if you look at the lengths of the books, Paul wrote about two-thirds of it. But so just, just, you know, who was Paul? And just, just things like how to find the different books and just the message of grace. What is grace? What is What's the difference between grace and mercy, you know? Um, anything else? I ought to just teach it here on Sunday mornings. We'd probably, how to find a scripture in the Bible, you know? and Just, just simple things. So get in on that if you, if you uh, would like to. And then also I'm going to be teaching on the book of Hebrews 
on Tuesday nights. And we, if you want to learn about Jesus and really fall in love with Jesus, the book of Hebrews is a good book to do it in. And we see that he's better. He's not only better, he's the best, you know. And so uh, uh, what happens there is the Apostle Paul compares Jesus to the Old Covenant and the different things in the Old Covenant. Because the book of Hebrews, the people, the, the They'd come out of Judaism and they got saved and it became Christians. But because of the persecution, they were looking to go back into Judaism. And so Paul, you know, Christianity came out of Judaism, right? But but now Christianity's better. Jesus is better. And so, but they were looking at going back into Judaism. And and uh, so Paul wrote, I believe it was the Apostle Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews and and was just showing that Jesus is better. And why do you want to go back to something that's that's why would you want to leave something that's better? Why would you want to leave Jesus, you know? I'm going to stick with him. How about you? So anyway, the book of Hebrews is, is all about that. So come if you can. All right. Is there anything else we need to talk about or discuss? or Anybody have a question for me before we start? No questions? Okay. I normally don't do that on Sunday morning, but you have a question for me? Who is the Antichrist? I don't know. Do what? Any guesses? All right, go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Let's talk about, this is a message that I like to preach uh, at the beginning of every year. And I guess tomorrow is the beginning of the year, isn't it? And uh, it's the first of uh, January 2018. Boy, time is flying by, isn't it, you know? When uh, when I was a kid and when I was in school and then when I was a, when I was in school time seemed to go really slow and then when I became a math teacher and I had to teach junior high time really started moving slow <laughs> and uh, but now that I've gotten a little older time I wish we could slow it down just a little bit you know but uh, but anyway so we're the first of the year uh, 2018 and. Uh, so I like to talk to you about first things, first things. So the Bible has a lot to say about first things. Um, and so in Matthew, the sixth chapter, 33rd verse, Jesus said, but this is Matthew six thirty-three. He said, but seek when first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And the things He's talking about there are the necessities of life. And uh, so if you need the necessities of life, and last time I looked, we all do, you know, clothing and shelter and food, etc., these sorts of things. What is the first thing you're supposed to do? You're supposed to do what? Seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So, how would you do that? Well, I suppose you would, you'd put priority in reading your Bible and studying your Bible and praying and uh, seeking the Lord. Wouldn't that be something that you would do if you were going to be seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness? You'd be spending time with the Lord. You'd be putting Him first. Uh, speaking of that, Proverbs, the 8th chapter, and the 17th verse. Now, I usually use the New King James Version, and that's something else we'll talk about in the class I'm teaching there in February, like 
the different Bible versions and why, why would I use the New King James, talk about the NIV, the King James, the Amplified. There's many different uh, versions. There's one Bible, different versions. But I usually use the New King James. But this here in the King James, it says this. I love them that love me. This is chapter 8, verse 17. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early, and early, would that be another way of saying first? Those that seek me early will find me. I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it's so good. He said, he said, you know, he said, you know the reason why I seek God early? And he said, I seek God early so I don't mess up late. Ever think about that? You seek God early so you don't mess up late. I like that. He says, I love them that love me and those that seek me early will find me. Another way to say that is if you put God first, you'll find him. I'm convinced one of the main reasons people don't ever really find the Lord. You know, there's a difference between being born again and and really, really knowing the Lord and walking with him. Did you know that? You know, getting born again is when you believe on Jesus, you get saved. You're going to heaven, but but you can, it's kind of like, you know, meeting somebody, introducing yourself. You know them, but you don't really know them. But like my wife, I really know her because I spend a lot of time with her. And that's what we're supposed to do with the Lord. And uh, you seek him early. You seek him first. You put him first. And then you'll find him. And then notice, notice verse 18. Riches and honor are with me. Durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Now, you know as well as I do, most people get up early in the morning to go to work because they're seeking, you know, money. And and there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says we ought to work. If a man or a woman doesn't work, they don't what? They don't eat, you know, and all of that. And so there's nothing wrong with getting up, going to work. We need to do that, certainly. But... Your heart should be after the Lord more than it is after money. Your heart should be more after the Lord than it is after your job. As good as your job is, as much as you need a good job, the heart, your heart should be set on the Lord first. Those that seek me early. Now, I will say this. That doesn't mean you have to get up at 4.30 in the morning to seek God. Can anybody say amen? I don't really think this is talking so much about a time of day. Now, maybe it is. But I just think it's an attitude of your heart of putting God first. I remember years ago, uh, uh, the pastor that I came up under, he believed that this was a time of day. And so I had to get at the church. He made me come in at 5 o'clock and seek, no, I guess it was 6 o'clock, and, and, and seek the Lord. And uh, I don't work well in the morning. Now, my wife works well in the morning. I work better at night. My wife doesn't work real well after about 9 o'clock. I have to wind her up. Once it gets after 9 o'clock, i got to wind her up, see. Now, in the morning, she has to wind me up. I'm not really a morning person. I do my best work between 9 and midnight, you see. My wife, she does her best work between about 7 in the morning and, and 2 in the afternoon. So those are some marital things we had to work through. 
And uh, I remember her pushing me out of bed one time when it was about four. No, it wasn't four. This is four. Probably six. She pushed me out of bed and said, go out and paint the house. And we needed the house being painted. So, but it can, it, you understand, it can be, there can marital, marital issues be there if she works well in the morning and I work well in the evening. Now, if you get her probably after about eight o'clock... She just, she's not going to, you don't do your best work late, late in the day. I do my best work late in the day. You do your best work early in the morning. But you see, I don't think this is talking really, I don't think it's really talking about a time of day. Cause I, and the reason I say that is because I've watched a lot of people over the years, they, they'll get up at 5 o'clock to, to do whatever, to pray or whatever. But did you know you can make a ritual out of anything? You could get up at 5 o'clock to pray, but if, if it's just a ritual, it's not going to do you any good. Is that right? You need to set your heart on the Lord and just be sure that, that, that you're seeking Him first, that He's got first place in your heart. Did you, get what I, did you get what I just said there? Put Him first is all this is saying. And then if you'll seek Him first, verse 18, verse 19, what follows? The riches and the durable riches and the righteousness... You get all of that. I think the point that Proverbs 8 is trying to point out to us is don't seek the money first. Don't seek the riches first. Don't seek, the, don't seek all these other things first. Don't seek the silver and the gold first. Who should you seek first? Seek the Lord. Seek Him first. And when you get Him, then all these other things will, will, will follow. And that's what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So, so I think we get it backwards a lot of times. We, a lot of Christians I know, and I've, I was guilty of this for years, you know, I would seek other things. And then when I had time for the Lord, I would get around to him. But I had it just backwards. We need to do what first? Seek who first? Seek the Lord first. And then if we'll put him first and prioritize and put him first... Remember the priority structure. Who's first? God is first. And then after God would be your spouse. And then after your spouse would be your children. And then after that, then it kind of spreads out. You know, you've got extended family. You've got your church life. You've got, you know, your, your work. You've got these other things. That, but who has to be first? Who must be first? The Lord. And if you put him first, I found this out. If you put him first, the rest of the things just go so much easier. The rest of your life will just go so much easier if you keep uh, God first. Do you know that the devil works overtime to keep everything else first in your life besides God? Did you know that? Did you, have you ever, it, it, this has happened to me so much, yeah, I set myself, I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to pray. You sit down to pray and then what happens? There's 20,000 seemingly different things run through your head that you've got to go take care of. This comes up, that comes up, this comes up, that comes up. How many of you know stuff's always going to come up? I've actually watched this over the years and... And actually, one way to get free of a lot of the devil's junk that he throws in our lives, has the devil ever thrown junk in your life? Is to just set your face like flint, you know what I mean? I'm going to seek God no matter what. I mean, even if, if, if the President of the United States calls, as much as we respect him and all of that, I'm not taking the call because I, how many of you know God outranks the President? 
You know what I mean? I mean, almost to the point that even if the house is burning down, we'll put it out later. We're going to seek God first. Yeah, but this one called, that one called, this one. How many of you know we need to take care of our family? We need to take care of things. But I've watched people over the years, they've always, they've always got this up, this, this happening, that, this tragedy, this, 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 this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. And, and years come and go and they're always putting out, you know what I mean, putting out fires. And one of the best ways, now you've got to take care of your family and all that, don't misunderstand me. But one of the best ways to get free of always having a fire to put out is just draw a line in the sand Set the chair down and say, the Bible and God is first. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to seek Him and put Him first. I'm going to pray. I'm going to look to Him. And you know what? If you'll do that, you you will always have things that come up. But those things won't run our lives anymore. Do you get what I just said? Do you get that? And if you don't do that, the devil's going to have you running around your whole life putting out this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and this thing. And you never will get around to putting God first like you should. And you'll miss out on all the blessings he has for you. Does anybody know what the first commandment and the ten commandments? And by the way, that's something we'll be looking at in our class. Just what are the ten commandments? Does anybody know what the first, the first, realize say first. What's the first commandment? You, you love the Lord, you'll have no other. So the first commandment is to keep God first. That's easy enough, isn't it? And you can look at that. That's Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, you can test yourself. How many likes a little self-test? A little self-test? I always like self-tests better than when the teacher gave me a test. You can test yourself as to whether or not you're keeping God first by observing how you treat God's house, His work, and His ministers. So here's a self-test for you. How have you been treating God's house, His work, God's work, and His ministers? You can go in the Bible and see. We'll show you some scriptures here. Uh... How many of you, if I invited you over to my house, if you came into my house, you'd come in there with just dirty, let's say you walk through the mud, would you come into my house with muddy shoes and just walk all over and just throw your shoes wherever and just spit on the floor? Would You wouldn't do that, would you? Why? Because you see, if you did that to my house, you would be showing that you really don't respect me. Is that, is that correct? And the same thing is true with the, with the house of God, you know... Remember when, when the Bible said, I think it's in the book of James, it's either in first, first, first John or James, one or the other, but how can you love God who you have not seen when you can't love your brother who you have seen? So when people say, oh, I respect God, I have God first, God's first in my life, He is first, number one in my life, well... It's real easy to say that, but you can see if it's really true by looking at how you treat God's house, how you support His work, and and how you treat His ministers. 
So first of all, first of all, go to Acts 20, verse 7. Acts 20, verse 7. Notice here. Does anybody know what Christians ought to do the very first thing when they get up on the first day of the week? What, what should they be doing? Going to, going to where? Now, does anybody know what day of the week Sunday is? It's the first day of the week, isn't it? So is today the first day of the week? Now, look at the early church. And we, we're, we're just an extension of that same church. We're just 2,000 years down the road. But Acts 20, verse 7, now on what day of the week? When the disciples came together to break bread, and that has to do with receiving communion, could also have to do with, with fellowshipping, but Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message. How many of you know I'm not going to teach till midnight? Now, I could, and then we could shoot fireworks off, because it's first, tomorrow's the first. But the point is, when did the early church meet? When? On the first day of the week. So what should we do the first thing on the first day of the week? We should get up and come to church and honor God. Is that right? Shouldn't that be a general rule in our life? Yes or no? Yes, it, it should be. Now, is everybody going to be able to come every Sunday? No. But should that be a rule of thumb? Should that be something that's ingrained in your life? Is that something you should do regularly? Is the first thing on the first day of the week, when you get up in the morning, you should first, you should come where? To, to church. Is that right? Um, I've watched a lot of people over the years. And listen to me. I realize... People, some people have to work on Sunday. I understand that. I understand that. When we went to Bible school uh, two years in Oklahoma, Diane, she, she's a nurse. She worked. She had to work every other Sunday. And so, you know, she wasn't able to go to church on Sunday. But guess where she went Wednesday night? So, so you know, we understand that. God, God is, how many of you know God's not a taskmaster? He's a loving shepherd. He doesn't drive the sheep. We should, what, follow him. He's a leader. You understand that? But I find it amusing having pastored all these years now. And you'll hear people say, God's first in my life. He's just first in my life. He's, he's, he's number one. Number one. But you'll look, at, you'll look at their church attendance. Have I ever talked to any of you about your church attendance? I I just don't do that. You know why? Because it's not between you and me. It's between you and God. Now, if I see you haven't been here in several weeks, you know, I haven't seen you, I'll check on you because that's part of what a pastor does is check on you, be sure you're okay. But I don't hound people about attendance, but I've watched folks over the years. God's number one. He's number one. Number one. Number one. But yet, you know, out of... Out of, out of uh, uh, ten Sundays, and they, and they don't have to work now. They're off on Sunday, but they only come to church maybe about three out of ten. Now, does that person really have God first in their life? No. And I'm not talking, you know, something came up or this, because things come up 
Nobody can be here all the time. You understand that. But I'm talking, say this, say as a general rule. As a general rule. It's like this morning, it's two degrees outside. I don't blame folks for maybe not coming today. I mean, you know, I mean, especially if they're up in years or whatnot or whatever the case. Say amen. I'm talking a general rule in your life. You could, you could test yourself real easy to see if God's first. You okay? On the first day of the week. Here's something interesting. Let's go to the Old Testament, Haggai. Haggai. I'll give you a moment to find it. Now, if you don't know how to find Haggai, you can go right at the beginning of your Bible there, the table of contents. And don't be ashamed to go to the table of contents. And it'll show you. And you need to realize the books of the Bible are not in the Bible in alphabetical order. You know, sometimes people think that. These are the kinds of things we're going to be going over in that class. Just the simple, simple stuff. But go to the table of contents. I might need my wife to help me find the table of contents. Let's see. Haggai. In my Bible here. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Haggai. Oh, there it is. It's 829 in my Bible. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. Then the one before that, Zechariah. And the one before that is Haggai. Or Haggai. He was a prophet. Chapter 1. So I would have to go to eight, page 829. It's chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Let's look at these people and... Uh, Let's see if these people put God first. Look at verse 3. Then the Lord sent his message through the prophet Haggai. The prophet was a, someone who, who represented God and spoke, spoke on behalf of God. He said to the people, he said, verse 4, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Now right there, what can we conclude about these people? They weren't keeping God first, were they? Now, they had luxurious houses. How many of you know God's not against you having a luxurious house? He's not against that. But he is against you having a luxurious house if you've neglected his house. Did you hear me? Now, let's see verse 5. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, you can't keep warm. Wow, that fits in today, doesn't it? Your wages disappear as though you're putting them in pockets filled with holes. I wonder why that is. It, these people are working, they get wages, but there's not enough money to make it to the end of the week or the end of the month. I wonder why that is. It's because they haven't put God first. They've, you see, if you don't put God first, he'll not put his super on your natural. Do you get that? In verse 7, this is what the Lord says. Look at what's happening to you. He said, verse 8, now go up to the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I'll take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew, I blew it away. Wow, Why? Because my house lies in ruins. See, if you want God to take care of your house, you need to take care of his house. Amen? 
Now, God wants you to take care of your house. He wants you to, you, you need to take care of your house. But if you keep God first, well, I tell you what, he'll go out of his way to bless you. He says, my house lies in ruins, verse 9, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. See, God's not against you having a fine house, but he is against it when you leave his house neglected. Verse 10, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I've called for a drought on your fields and hills, hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all the other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Wow, think about that. See, God wants to bless you, but if you don't put him first, then the blessing won't be there. So did these people keep God first or not? But yet, did God just write them off? No, he said they needed to what? Repent. Is that right? Just repent. Look at Proverbs 3 verse 9. Talking about first. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with all your possessions and with the what? The first fruits of all your increase. We could preach on this, but just very simply, you know, I'll just give you a quick crash course on it. Whenever you increase, we're supposed to, I mean, 10% of that belongs to God, doesn't it? And in one sense, it's all His, certainly. And He allows us to keep 90. His 10 is His. And uh, the Bible says if you don't, if you don't give God His 10... It's uh, called robbing God. That's what Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, says that if you don't tithe, he calls you a thief. God, I don't want God calling me a thief, do you? Somebody says, well, that's in the Old Testament. I could stand here for about three hours and show you tithing in the New Testament that's been a principle from the Garden of Eden down to the present hour. You understand that? Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And notice if you'll do that, it's not, God's not trying to just get your money. He's after your heart. But you know your heart is tied to your pocketbook. Did you know that? And where your treasure is, Jesus said, your heart will be also. Verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. How many likes verse 10? I like verse 10, don't you? But you can't get to verse 10 if you don't do verse 9. And it's not just enough to say you honor God. You prove it by you know, how, how you treat his house and how you support his work. Does anybody remember the first city? Remember Moses died and Joshua took the people and they went into the promised land. Does anybody remember the first city? The what city? The, the what city? First, what was the name of that city? Jericho, big city. And remember what God said? He said that all the spoil of that city, all the treasure of that city was to go in the treasury of the Lord. Now, if you study it all out, you'll see that after Jericho, there were many other cities. And God told Joshua, all the other cities, the, the, the treasury of those cities were for you and the people. So Joshua and the people... They got to keep the treasury of all those other cities. But Jericho was the what city? The first city. And God said, all the treasury from the first city 
goes into the treasury of the Lord. And remember there was a guy, does anybody remember his name? Achan. And he took some of the, some of the treasury of the Jericho that was supposed to go in the treasury of the Lord. And it's interesting, when, when Joshua and the people came up against that great city, Jericho, they, they had a great victory. But then the next city, they came up against that little bitty city. What was it? Ai. Starts with an A, ends with an I. Ai. And the people of God suffered a terrible defeat. Long story short, why, what, why did they suffer that great defeat? Because they, Achan, that man named Achan, he went in there and he took something out of the treasury of Jericho that was supposed to be in the treasury of the Lord. He took it for himself and he buried it with his own stuff in his, under his tent. Remember that? How many remembers that? So, it, you know, it's all about keeping, real loud say first, keeping God first. Keeping God first, honoring him. And those that honor God and keep him first, God will honor them. Look at Genesis, the fourth chapter. Just, just a few more of these. Genesis, the fourth chapter and the third verse. In the process of time, it came to pass. Remember Cain and Abel? Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground of the Lord. Abel also brought of the what? Of the what? Firstborn of his flock. And of their fat. That word fat means best. And the Lord respected Abel at his offering. But he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. Now why was it that God respected Abel's offering and not Cain's? Well there's much we could say. But I'll point this out. Abel, verse 4, brought his first and his best to God. First and best. Cain didn't do that. And over in the book of Hebrews, we see that Abel offered his by faith, which we know Cain didn't. How many of you know it takes no faith to give God your junk? Is that right? How many of you know it takes faith to give God your first and your best? It takes faith. It really does. It takes faith. And that's why God respected Abel's offering and not Cain's. I'm convinced Cain just, as much we could say, but Cain, I'm convinced, just gave God some junk. Something that didn't cost him anything. You remember when David that time, I won't go into the whole story, but David said, I will not give God something that cost me nothing. And you wonder why David was so blessed in a man after God's own heart. I learned this a long time ago. God loves everybody the same, but not everybody loves God the same. Learned that a long time ago. You know something else I learned a long time ago? This message of first, you can't preach it into people. You can't convince people to keep God first. You can't preach it into people. You can point it out, but you can't make people put God first. It's something you have to do in your own heart. Can you say amen to that? I could sit and talk to you for hours and try to convince you to keep God first, but I wouldn't be successful with it. I could point things out to you, but ultimately it's a matter of your own heart. You understand that? And it takes faith to release your first and your best. It takes faith. You know, I've had some things over the years, uh, I guess... 
I used to have a watch years ago. I'd come home and I'd just throw it, you know, throw it on the counter. I didn't care what happened to it. I've got a pretty nice watch now. When I go home, I don't take this watch and just, I put it nice and nice in the box. You know, it wouldn't take any faith for me to give away that old watch I had years ago. But it would take some faith for me to give away this one. You understand that? Particularly since my wife bought this for me. You know? It takes faith to give your first and your best to God. Doesn't it? And that's why Abel was blessed. Look at Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. Let's, let's, do you think that people would ever give God their junk? You know, it's nothing new in the time we live in. Malachi 1 verse 6 is the last book in the Old Testament. Go to the table of contents if you need to to find it. Chapter 6, New Living Translation. The Lord of Heaven's army says to the priests, A son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I'm your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Now watch this. When you give, now what kind of animals are they given here when you give blind animals as sacrifices? People were bringing blind animals to God. He says, isn't that wrong? Isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? You don't think people ever give their junk to God, do you? (laughs) They're doing it right here, aren't they? And then he says, try giving gifts like that to your governor. How many of us, if we were meeting with the president or the queen tomorrow, we'd walk up there with a a crippled lamb that was blind in one eye? No, we'd want to take him a good lamb, is that right? A good offering, correct? Correct? He said, try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you, but when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? Asks the Lord of heaven's armies. Then verse 10 he says, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I will not accept your offerings. Why wouldn't he accept their offerings? Because they weren't giving him in faith. They were given to junk. We shouldn't give God our junk. Is that right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Sometimes people have a lightly worn suit or something that they're not going to wear anymore. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with giving stuff like that? But I've seen people just, you know, just give stuff with holes and junk and just, you know, if we're going to give somebody some, it would take it would take faith. I've got some clothes at home. It would take me no faith at all to give away. But I tell you what, if I went out and bought somebody a real expensive suit and gave it to him, it takes some faith for me to do that. How about you? But that's what God accepts. Verse 11, he said, my name is, but my name is honored by people of other nations. And we could go on for the sake of time and read. But you see, they were giving him to junk, weren't they? Go, go to 1 Kings 17. We want to keep God first. It takes faith to keep God first. 
1 Kings 17, verse 9. God says to Elijah, his prophet, he said, Arise, go to Sarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. Did you know God can use some of the most unlikely sources to bring provision? Did you know God doesn't always have to use a millionaire to meet your need? Is that right? You need to realize this. People are not your source. God is your source. And don't ever forget this. Your job is not your source. God is your source. You could lose a job, but God's still there to provide, isn't he? He could get you another job that's better. Is that right? So anyway, verse 10, Elijah, he goes to Zarephath. He says, and when, you, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, called to her, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. Now you need to remember there's a big famine on the land right now. There's a big famine going on, okay, and a drought, a famine, okay? Not much to eat and drink. And verse 11, And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Wow. Not a very good outlook. Elijah, this is the man of God, he said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it. Now, does this make any sense in the natural realm? Did you know tithing makes no sense in the natural realm? Did you know giving makes no sense in the natural realm? Did you know that makes no sense whatsoever in the natural realm? But how many of you know uh, God is not in the natural realm? He's in the supernatural realm. He's in the supernatural business. Tithing makes no sense in the natural, but I tell you what, God says do it, we do it, and he blesses. He puts super on your natural, doesn't he? Now, most people, if they don't know God and they don't understand how the principles of God work, they're going to think that this preacher is just trying to get this woman's food. And if there was a newspaper in that day, they would write, local prophet tries to scam woman out of her last morsel. And you know they do it. Is that right? Many, many of the news organizations would do that. Maybe not all of them, but most of them. We need to understand that you, it, putting God first is it, it, very powerful. And how do you know if you're putting God first? How are you treating his house and his work and his ministers? Well, let's see how this woman treats this minister here. He said, go make me a small cake first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. And thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour will not be used up. The jar of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her son, she and he and her household ate for how long? The bin of flour was not used up. Nor the joy of our oil didn't run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And it's all because she gave him a little cake from it first. See, if she hadn't done that, her and her child would have ate that last morsel and would have died. It pays to put God first. It really does. It can save your life. It can save the life of your family. Um, actually, 
what I said earlier, I knew the Lord wants me to say this again. You know, when you're going, helping your family, helping, how many of you know we ought to help our family? Say amen. Help your family, help your family. But if, now listen to me, if helping your family is pulling you away from your time with the Lord, it's going to sound hard, but there's somebody in here needs to hear this, maybe even on the, on the, on the internet. The natural realm doesn't understand this. But did you know there comes a time where if, if, if helping your family and putting this fire out for this one and doing this for this one and that for this one and this for this one, if it's pulling you away from God, did you know that there comes a time where you have to draw the line and say, I'm going to lock myself away with God. He's got to be first. And if you don't do that, did you know that it could cost one of your family their life down the road somewhere? Did you get what I just said? If this woman hadn't done this... And put God first. I'm not going to give it to my son. I'm going to give it to the man of God. Now that doesn't make any sense to the natural realm. And most people fight you. Most Christians would fight you over that. But if she hadn't taken what she should have given to her son in, in the natural. She gave it to the man of God. It actually saved her son's life. Didn't it? Didn't it? Yes or no? And everybody and their brother would have shouted you, shouted you down for doing that. Oh, you're going to give that? You're going to give it to this man instead of your child? Now, how many say be led? You got to be led. Be led. You got to be led by the Spirit. How many of you know there are scamster preachers out there that you got to watch out for? But I'm talking if you really got a man of God and it's and God's on the thing. Is that right? Sometimes it's to your advantage and to your family's advantage to, to, to draw the line and say, look, I can't come put your fires out now. I've got to seek the Lord. And in doing that makes no sense to the natural. People call you a meanie, but you could save your family's life by doing that. Is that right? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, we could go on and on and on. Let's just, for the sake of time, let's go to Revelation 2. We'll just close there. You get anything out of this today? I'm just trying to remind us all to keep God first. Keep Him first, 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 first. Revelation 2, verse 1. First church that He talks to here in the book of Revelation, to the angel or to the messenger, we could say the pastor of the church of Ephesus, write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of seven golden lamp, lampstands. Now the seven stars were the pastors of those churches and the lampstands were the churches. Okay, He says, now this is Jesus speaking through John to this church here in Ephesus. He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil, that you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, have found them liars. So this church was very sound in their teaching of the Bible. And they tested ministers that came along. How many of you know we ought to test ministers just to see if they're of the Lord or not? We ought to weigh what they say against what the Word of God says. And they did that. And the Lord is commending them for that. Verse 3, And you've persevered, you've had patience, you've labored for my name's sake, you've not become weary. Now he's, he's commending them for this. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your... Now, who's our first love? It's Jesus and time with Him. And I'm convinced that all these other things became more... They got so, they, they got so wrapped up with 
with, with testing those who say they're apostles and they got so wound up with, with the working for the Lord. You know you can work so much for the Lord that you don't have time to spend with the Lord. And all these other things are good, but listen, there's something that's more important than all these other things put together, and it's spending time alone with Jesus. Can you say amen? And apparently they didn't do that. They got away from that. They, they did it at one time, but over time they left their first love. They, they just kind of got cold toward him, yes, yet they were doing all these other things. You know, there's a difference between studying your Bible and spending time with the Lord. Did you know that? I know people, they, 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 they study the Bible, study the Bible, study the Bible, but they don't really know the Lord intimately because they, they, you can become mechanical in your Bible study. Did you hear what I just said? And we need to study the Bible, but, but, but I've watched people who can quote the Bible left and right, but they don't, they don't walk in love. They haven't really spent time. I'm talking about, you know, do you ever get alone with your spouse and just spend time talking? Well, lock yourself in a room somewhere and just spend time talking to the Lord and listening to Him. Do you hear what I said? I'm convinced they got away from that. And study your Bible. You should. I mean, He'll speak to you through your Word. Just don't make, make Bible study mechanical. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Did you get what I just said there? We need to study our Bible, but I mean, you know, we, we, we need to spend time studying our Bible, and, but, but just, just putting God first, waiting on Him. I'm convinced that's one reason that, that you don't see any more of the power of God in the land of the United States than what you do, because, because I think that, 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 that we're not really, we come to the house of God and we're on a time schedule and we've got to get in and get out and get, you know... Bah, 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 bah. We just need to be, be open to the Spirit of God and wait on Him. Is that right? Keep Him first. He's running things, isn't He? That doesn't mean you have to have long services all the time, but if the Lord wants to keep us around a little longer on a Sunday here and there, we ought to be willing to stay and keep Him first. Is that right? But they left their first love. All right. Close right here. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the what? First, what's the first work? To keep God first. Or else, now watch this, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What he was really saying there, now listen to this, what he was really saying, that lampstand was a, was a type of, the, it was symbolic of the church. He said, this is what Jesus said. He said, he said, repent. And do the first works. Put God back first. Because if you don't, I'm going to come quickly and I'm going to shut your church down. That's what it means to remove the lampstand. I'm going to shut your church down. And do you know what? Quickly. Now, quickly to God is different than quickly to me. Quickly to me is a couple of days or a couple of weeks. But to God don't see time the way we do. A hundred years later, they didn't repent. A hundred years later, he shut the church down. Remember the last church he spoke to, the church of Laodicea, that lukewarm church? He rebuked them and he warned them about being lukewarm. Did you know they did repent? That church went on and was very, they got on fire for the Lord. But this church didn't repent. 
you can study church history, you'll see they didn't repent. And about a year, about a hundred years later, he shut, he removed, he shut it down. You know, God opens churches and God shuts them down. He can open them, he can shut them. Much we could say about that, but I don't know about you, I want to keep God first, don't you? I want to keep God first. I want to keep God first. I want to keep Him first. I want to keep Him first. Well, stand with me if you would. I hope you got something out of this today. I'm not saying that you're not keeping God first. I'm just saying that we all ought to give ourselves a self-test. Is that right? So this message was not directed at anyone or any group of people or anybody like that. But it was just for all of us to give ourselves a self-test. My goodness, you're here today and it's, what, two degrees outside? That says a whole lot, doesn't it? (laughs) About you keeping God first. It's a good thing. But I mean, again, you know, I wouldn't blame anybody for not coming today. Just examine yourself. Just bow your head right there where you're at. Just examine yourself. Just examine yourself. Are you keeping God first? Are you keeping